Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everyone. I want to thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg. Thanks to those of you that have been along for this ride. If you're a returning Roadcase listener, and if you're here for the first time, welcome to the Roadcase community to listen to this uh, really interesting interview with Brandon Taz, Niederauer. Really excited to share this with you. Uh, in the meantime, I want to encourage everyone to get involved with the Roadcase community. And you can do that uh, really easily just by following us on social media. The handle is at Roadcase Pod, and we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at info at roadcasepod with your questions or concerns. I promise I'll get back to you. We've also got a website where you can check stuff out and find the best listening platforms that suit your needs. Uh, that's www.roadcasepod.com. Uh, another way you can help support Roadcase is by subscribing to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. Just uh, that way you'll get all the notices for new episodes and such. And while while you're there, if you could rate and review this podcast, that would be awesome. And the way that you do that, for example, on Apple Podcasts, you just scroll down to the bottom or uh, right there on your page, hit view all episodes and then scroll down further and you'll see a place where you can throw down a rating and write a review. Love to hear from you about uh, this podcast. That would be a really great way to help support Roadcase. And I thank all of you for doing that and for joining me today. So we've got Brandon Taz Niederauer here. He is an 18-year-old guitar phenom. He has been playing guitar for pretty much as long uh, as early as he could fit it into his hands. Uh, well, it all started for him when he was eight years old. He watched the movie The School of Rock, and if you haven't watched that movie, I would highly suggest it. I've got kids. They all loved it as well, and um, we've watched it many, many times together. It's inspirational. Jack Black is phenomenal in that movie. Four years later, Brandon is starring as Zach Mooneyham, who is the guitarist student kid in the School of Rock, and he's on Broadway. Brandon is uh, with Andrew Lloyd Webber's production of School of Rock. Um, Brandon has played with uh, so many different rock legends, uh, Buddy Guy among them, um, Derek Trucks, Warren Haynes, uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton, um, Gary Clark Jr. at the summer stage in Central Park when he was only about 11 or 12 years old. Uh, Brandon is a really mature, insightful, and open individual who gets great grades, just graduated from high school, is really excited about that. We talk about his process, we talk about practice, and of course, 
we talk about performance. This is a really interesting interview with Brandon. I really enjoyed sitting down to chat with him. I've seen him play uh, with so many different uh, amazing guitar legends and uh, really loved chatting with Brandon. He's as engaging and as insightful as one might imagine, and it was really pleasure to talk to him. So thanks again to all of you for being here for this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again to Brandon Niederauer for taking the time to sit down with me on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. All right, Taz, thanks for joining me, man. So happy to see you. So glad you're here, man. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much. It's really an honor. I cannot wait to get the show on the road. Let's yeah, go. Let's do it. We took long enough, right? <laughs> yes, we did. Hey, to everyone listening to this, uh, excited to talk for a bit uh, with my guy here, Roadcase Josh, and have a fun time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel honored because he told me to call, because he let me, I gave you a choice of Brandon or Taz, and you said, you can call me Taz. You can call me Taz. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, well, it's you know. It's confusing. It is confusing. Yeah, well, it's not the end of the world, but I thought I'd just make sure I'm calling you what you want to be called. <laughs> maybe I'll call you, you something. Maybe I'll think of a third one to call you or something like that. <laughs> By the end of this interview, we're going to yeah, think of another nickname. Exactly. Um, so, senior in high school, man, and you're en- ending high school, huh? Congratulations, I guess. Are you going to yeah. actually walk? I got seven days left. Of course I'm walking. <laughs> I got to walk. Come yeah. on. It's like... It's been my dream since I was like, you know, like two. Right on. I was like, oh, graduation. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Very excited. Yeah. Uh, I got prom too, going to that. Oh, yeah. uh, Got prom graduation coming in the next like week. Can't Ah. wait. I'm out. And then I'll probably never step foot in that school again. But I did love my time there. That's great. What was your favorite subject? Uh, Probably... Um, I, I would have to say history because it was the easiest to do on the road and I actually enjoyed it. Ah, so, cool. and I had a lot of great history teachers over the last couple of years. Oh, that's good. So I'd, I'd probably have to say that. Right on. Uh, prom date all set. Prom, prom date. <laughs> I do have a prom date. We're going as friends though. And, uh-huh. uh, I'm, I'm going with like, like a group and, oh, that's um, good. but I, I do have a prom date. So I am a normal person. Excellent. Oh yeah. Well, let's let's uh, let's get rid of all the doubts that Taz, yeah. despite his guitar, insane guitar playing, he he is an actual regular person, and I can verify that and confirm I mean, that for everybody out there. For those that had doubts, although there are some that will see you play and they're like, "This guy cannot be real." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I like if you if you know me like in real life, if you know me. Like at home, you know, like I'm just normal, you know, I'm just a normal kid just doing yeah. my thing. I figured I that, man. Like, I didn't come in thinking anything like that. I knew you're yeah, a normal just, guy. There's a stigma of like, you know, kids who did what I do, like Broadway and did, you know, music stuff. And yeah, because they're so secluded from the generation working with adults all day, they become crazy. Right. But, um, I'm lucky to, you know, still have my like a large group of friends and, you know, still have my brother and they, they keep me grounded. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to stay. Um, I guess it'd be hard to stay grounded. I guess one of my um, 
you know, one of my questions, how do you balance, how have you managed to balance that all? Because we're at this pivotal moment for you graduating from high school. Was there times when you thought, fuck, I, I, I want to graduate from high school. How am I going to do this? How am I going to get through my studies? And, um, you know, what was your, what, what's been your thinking leading up to this day? It's got to be super meaningful for you. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely points where I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to pass this class? But, uh, you know, I made a promise to my mom when I started doing this that, you know, I'd get straight A's or close to it. And I have achieved that. And um, I take a lot of pride in it. You know, I work really hard to, you know, keep my grades and, uh, you know, just go through this school experience while yeah. cheating myself and getting the best grades that I could. That's great. Just, you know, failing every class or barely passing just because I'm on the road. That's not an excuse. So I, you know, I, I People know, like, the, this is the stuff that people don't see. Like, sometimes, you know, I'm at in L.A. and at 4 a.m. I'm, you know, on on the textbook, you know, learning the math equations, learning the calculus. Right. And, uh, just th- that's the behind-the-scenes stuff that, you know, it takes to be able to do what I, what I do on a daily basis, which is, you know, play music and love life. It's, uh, it's a small sacrifice that I have to pay, which, is, yeah. I mean, learning is not a sacrifice. So I guess it's not. But you know what I mean. Like, well, no, you got to put four, the work in. Yeah, yeah, the, the four a.m.s and like not. You could easily. You're on the road. You could go. I just. I can't do this test. No, we're just gonna try to figure it out. And no, yeah. but you. But you've chosen not to do that, and that that is a sacrifice. I mean, you know, there are probably times when you wanted to go to bed or you know get some sleep and. Yeah, for sure. So I has mean, this I been just... has on the on so looking at this COVID time, has this been like an easier time for you because you haven't spent as much time on the road? Um, it, maybe it came it, as a good time for you because you were a senior. It felt like a vacation for the first like four days. And I was like, <laughs> I like, yeah. can I then go back on the road now, please? Like right. uh, something anyone here knows about me is like, I don't feel like myself totally like, unless I'm on the road, like 50% of me is home with my friends and then 50% of me is, you know, out on the road doing my thing. I never feel like complete unless I get both experiences, like, a lot. So I'm, I'm glad to be, you know, on – I'm really on the road right now. We're going out, like, every weekend. I'm going to New Orleans this weekend. Um, but, like, for the time where it was, like, six or seven months at the peak of COVID last year in 2020 where I was not playing any gigs, I was like, yo – this is not good. <laughs> I need to play right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously I cared more about the health and well-being of the world. So I stayed inside. I don't think I even left my house for the, the first two months of quarantine. Like my dad had to push me out of the house to get me out. To right. Get some fresh air. But like I was, you know, I was really serious about it. And, you know, it's, it's a real thing. You know, it's a really scary thing. And I'd never yeah. take my health for granted or anyone else's health for granted just to play a show. So I knew where the priorities were. It just sucked that, you know, this thing that I'd loved so much had been taken away from me temporarily. So I'll never take it for granted again. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, um, what were some of the things that gave you the most satisfaction while you were not being able to tour? Video games, um, <laughs> basketball, a lot yeah. of basketball. Yeah. Uh, a lot of food. Lots of it. <laughs> lots of TV. Binged a lot of Netflix. Watched more Netflix than I've ever watched in my life. And yeah, I think everyone's saying like, that. Ever, everything. But also, I mean, the main factor, I was grinding practicing guitar. I was grinding. Oh, yeah. I was doing like hours and hours and hours a day. But also, like, my friends. Like, I was 
I would make sure that I only saw a specific group of people, like three or four people I'd only hang out with outside of my family. Uh-huh. So that's like in total, that's probably like eight people, including, you know, my three family members. Right. And uh, I just hang out with them every single day because like there's nothing else to do. Like, right. I, I live in the middle of a suburb in the middle of a in, in, of Long Island. There's not much to do here. When there isn't <clears throat> where but where in Long is, Island, you know, what town I'm in Huntington? I'm in Huntington. Okay. That's like halfway out, right? Yeah. We're like halfway. We're halfway between the shores, and we're also like halfway between, like in the middle. Ah, uh, okay. Kind of like so, in the center of the whole thing. Literally, it, literally in the center of Long Island. There's, there's not that much. I mean, there's stuff to do here. It's not like rural. Like, it's not like there's open fields, but like there's not much. So it's like you know, hang out with friends and just, just do whatever. Just be dumb teenagers. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what I've been doing the last year. Are you good? So. You're good at being a dumb teenager. I'm very good at being a teenager. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I try to make good decisions, though. My yeah. parents instilled the, they taught me how to, you know, decide right from wrong. So I try not to be a dumb teenager, but sometimes I can't help it. Right. Well, you know, at least you're honest about it. Yeah. So, wow, man. I mean, um, tell me a little bit about, like, School to Rock. That was, um, I mean, you got to play in that, but, you know, I understand that that was also sort of, key to your getting you started in this world is that right uh there was definitely a catalyst to all of this happening yeah that i mean giant production i was super 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 blessed to be a part of it uh with andrew lloyd weber being my boss which is insane yeah right um, working with him which is like a dream come true for anyone in the world to work with andrew lloyd weber like he's the i i got to you know i got to be in the room with him many times and he's just such a genius right and the way he works and he surrounds himself with you know such good team members and everyone in that production was down to earth and you know yeah. we were all grinding working 12 hours a day for the first six months and then after that we were doing eight shows a week and uh, even before that the pre-production when i was you know 11 12 we were still grinding and uh, we just it was it was a really big family aspect i made a lot of friends that i'll have for the rest of my life and well, i'll call them family now and they know who they are, and um, I, I, it was one of the greatest experiences I'll probably ever have in my life. And wow! And, and you've played, get, you've right been now. up on stage with a lot of incredible legends too, and still, School of Rock is something that just stands out for you. I mean, yeah, it's like, well, you got to understand, like this is a Broadway musical we're talking about. Like, it's 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 crazy that you know I I got this experience and to yeah. play for like, I don't know, north of you know, 2000 people a night, I'd say mm-hmm. in, in a giant theater for like two years straight played like over probably six, 700 shows in two years, which is hard in itself, you know, doing eight shows in a week. It was like, it was a really cool experience, but also I learned, I learned, you know, to, uh, I learned how to be a leader there. I learned how to communicate on stage. Cause you know, in a live show, things always go wrong. You know, there's right there's set pieces that weigh literal tons on stage and you got to always be communicating. You got to always, you know, be looking out for everyone else. And I, I really learned a lot of leadership skills. there, also responsibility, you know, showing up to work. Cause if not, there's 20,000 other kids standing right behind you who want to take your, you know, take your place. So yeah, for sure. I, I just, you know, I learned a lot in that production and, um, uh, some values that I still take today. And, but also it was just really fun. Like I, I'm boys with 
many many kids that were in that show and you know we were just kids you know who would do the show and then play basketball after and then go back or jam or like right we, we were right. just we were all you know just young kids just oblivious to like how insane this i still don't even know like i'm sure in 20 years i'll be like wow i didn't even realize how insane that was so yeah it's just it was just a crazy experience to have at that. and not age. only that wasn't the, and and watching the movie as a kid right what was your that was kind of one of that was something that was really sort of a key point in your growing up is that true because i have kids you know i was telling you i have kids too i have three kids and we all watch that that movie was like they happened in like every night at our house or like at least twice two three times a week Easily. you know and jack black is amazing and it was just um what what was um what are your your memories of that movie um like first seeing it or just when when you were a kid watching it yeah well i mean you got to set the stage right so i'm this kid from okay. the suburbs i'm eight years old right uh every for forever i've been told by all my teachers you either you're either like a doctor a lawyer or like you know come an educator you know boring life da 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 all that stuff nine to five i don't know and then this movie comes and i'd already loved music my parents have always i was already familiar with like the allman brothers and which are my favorite band to to this day as well and uh, mm -hmm. my parents had always blasted and my brother had always blasted music around the house but then my dad comes home from blockbuster video and puts that movie in and i was like yo like these kids kids can play music too and this guy kids can play that like, music also yeah kids can play rock like what right like kids can do that i didn't know that that was like legal so i you know i asked my dad to pick up a guitar for me and he did for christmas i believe but i don't remember exactly correct and i still have that guitar on the wall over there you can't see it but oh what was it an s like an sg copy like jack black no it's uh it's a little half size epiphone i was really petite i was really small yeah i was a small kid so it's a half size epiphone les paul right on okay so he got you the guitar. guitar but yeah he got me the guitar and the rest is history but that was definitely catalyst to my guitar playing was that movie 100 percent, without a doubt was watching <laughs> that movie right after i was like all right let's go Let's get it, you know. Get this guitar, please, Dad. Oh, right on, right on. And, uh, God, that, that would you know, be... he chose it. Yeah, I love that. To invest in it. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that story. That makes me so happy, man. <laughs> it's just a, it's, I'm just super blessed, you know. Yeah, so yeah. So, I mean, when did you start getting on TV and all? I mean, you were on like the Ellen Show when you were when you were little and you've been on all these late night shows, I mean, when did that whole thing kind of get started? Like when, when, like how did that happen initially? With the TV stuff you're saying? Yeah. Um, just like, when did you first kind of start to feel like, Hey, this is a thing. And then you got kind of known on a national level and then to be asked to come out and be on late night shows. Like how did that get started? Uh, what was your first memories of that? So I remember, I I think this was like a year into playing, literally a year or two years or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in this, okay, I do remember this story. I was in this really cool rock program for kids to play music that my dad put me in because he was like, you need to play with other kids. You need to learn how to play with other people because mm -hmm. you're not just going to play by yourself in your room the whole your whole life. Right. Like, okay. So he put me in this 
School of Rock type program mm-hmm. called Rock and Roll University, which is out on Long Island. It's a great program if anyone ever wants to join. I don't right. know if it's still, I don't know if it's still going, but it's uh, I first musical memories were there, and um, I did a thing with them where they like played at City Field during a Mets game, but like all the way like in the back, like where the concessions were, and like that was like mm. a really really cool thing. But I also got to play kind of like on the field ish before the game which right. was really cool and with I some of the other kids got, yeah with with the other kids of course uh-huh. and that got some media attention uh-huh. and i believe some things from that snowballed and someone found out who i was from that team i believe and uh contacted our parents for like a or my parents for like an interview to do the show on Ellen to come on as like a kid guitar player, like a kid prodigy or whatever they called it at the time. And, uh, did a couple interviews with the guy on the phone in the car. And, uh, those were very stressful and long, but eventually, uh, they called and were like, Hey, you want to come on the show? And I was like, of course. Yeah. And I went on the Ellen show, which was, I mean, it was crazy. And then the school of rock thing happened. So, to promote that show, I went on Good Morning America. I went on The View. Um, mm. Like, I, I did a bunch of stuff there. But also, I know a really, really, really amazing, amazing pianist, an amazing musician, amazing overall person, just a, a titan in the music industry right now, John Batiste, who I mm. met through a person on the plane. A person I met on a plane knew him, I believe, and mm. put us in contact with each other. And uh, he invited me to play at so many places uh, before anyone even knew who I was. And uh, I owe so much to him. Like he, he really helped me to uh, get my name out there, but he also invited me to sit in with the late night band because John Baptiste, it's his, it's his late night band, like on Stephen Colbert. Right. And, um, I've yeah. done that. I think I've done that twice or three times now. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how I got on the, like the late night show. But right. all oh, in okay. all, it's just, yeah. it's, I'm just really lucky. Like I don't, I don't even know how to, um, like, you know, these things don't happen every day and like literally meeting people on a plane or like just stumbling upon the right program or even this movie School Rock led to all this. Like it's it's honestly insane. I'm just super grateful to God for like, you know, all these opportunities because not everyone gets them. Yeah. And you have the talent to back it up, right? I mean, you're, you're and, and you're putting in the work. Uh, because you love it, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're practicing, you're getting your, you said you're like over COVID, you're practicing all the time. You're trying to figure it out. You're, you're looking at your, your guitar heroes and those that are still around and, and you're having the opportunity to play with them. Like, what, what does that mean to you to be able to get up there? Like with, uh, Derek trucks and, uh, uh, to play, for example, well, first of all, anyone that lets me come on their stage, uh, I just want to say thanks because, like, you know, letting a a literal child come up on, with you and, like, you know, <laughs> play a song with you is, like, I, I in front of, for, whether it's two people in the audience or 10,000 or 20,000, which was the Scorpions, I, I yeah. can't, I can't even imagine, like, how, how you could, like, do that. Like, I, I can, I can see that now, but, like, doing that, I, not even knowing, who I was and just letting me come on. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine like the, the stress that they probably went through, like going through their teams. Should we let this happen? Like, so <laughs> I just want to thank like everyone who's ever brought me on. And 
I all sit-ins, you know, I never take them for granted, but uh, to play with people like Derek Trucks on stage and to play with, you know, the Scorpions or, you know, George Porter Jr. or Dumpster Funk or Twiddle or any of the bands that have brought me up. Yeah. There's, there's many, and I'm blanking right now. Even Greg Allman right. uh, before he passed. Uh, I It's just insane how, like, they, they let me come on and, you know, take a solo in front of their audience and trusted me with that time. And I, I just, uh, obviously, I just never take it for granted, but I, like, it's crazy how, you know, all this stuff has happened and I'm just super grateful again. It just blessed. Are you nervous when you get up there in those kind of situations? I, I mean, I don't really get nervous all that often. Like when I'm, when I'm like on stage, I'm in just, I'm in this different like mind space where that's why I really like it. Cause like, I don't think about things that are going on in the world or maybe a girl who rejected me or something or like, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think about anything. Like you could, you could literally anything that could be going on in my life. You know, I've dealt with tragedy before. Um, it just all goes away and I just start, you know, playing on my guitar and my guitar takes over and I just, you know, zone out for two hours and it's just, some people go to the gym to have that response. Some people paint to do that. Some people play golf. Mm. Some people do all that stuff to, you know, get their mind in that place where like, it's just you and what you're doing and nothing else matters. And that's what it feels like. Even with sitting in with other musicians, I'm just locked in, just, right. you know, trying to be one with the music. So, and that's the original place that, you know, I started playing music with. So I'm not like thinking, oh my God, like I could mess up right now. Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God, I'm, I'm on a stage like in front of 2000 people with this guitar hero who literally everyone looks up to and you know I could I could break a string right now like I'm not thinking that I'm just like let's go like I I I'm just you know just happy it's just happiness and joy for me which is You're why confident. I missed it so much yeah I bet quarantine. happiness and joy uh for yourself and do you do you, do you see the audience getting off and does that get you off too does that that kind of energy that builds when you're playing and the reactions that i'm sure that you're getting as well getting up there and just yeah. shredding the shit out of it uh along you know in between derek and susan for example i mean the more the audience gives to us as musicians the more we can give back it's people like don't understand that unless you're um a performer it's like Performing is really a cyclical relationship of energy between the crowd. So I try my best to give as much energy as I can with my band, per se, to the to the crowd so they can give it back to me and then I can give it back to them and it's this whole thing. But yeah. the more energy the crowd has, the easier it is. So that that's ah, that whole thing with like with how like the crowd and the energy that you were asking. But like to be on stage in the middle of uh, Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi, like in front of that crowd. That crowd was at least 10,000 people and it was yeah. in the middle of in the heart of Atlanta at night at like 9 10 p.m. right like I, I couldn't believe it it was just it was that was a really monumental moment for me because Derek Trucks is one of the you know he's one of the reasons why I started playing guitar oh yeah and I, I believe he's one of the best if not the best guitar player you know alive right now or of all time you know yeah. he could really go up there with anybody so for him to be comfortable enough to bring me on stage with him it's just it, it was when I heard the news, I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so for that so, performance, that, that was that the Sweetwater, right? And, um, yeah, at, at 420 that, Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that, uh, how'd that come about, for example, just to give me an exa example of like how some of these collaborations that you've been involved with, these other, these guys, these legends that are asking you to come up, do they, were you at the fest already playing with mm -hmm. your band or how does that usually work? So my band was playing at the festival 
and mm-hmm. we played earlier in that day. Mm. I believe, yeah, 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 we played earlier in that day. Mm-hmm. So I got done, and then I, I've met, I had met him before, um, and I was friends. I think at the actually no, not not with that band, but I was gonna say that uh, I know some of the people. I know uh, Maurice Mobetta Brown, who was in his band, but he wasn't there that day mm-hmm. for some reason. So I, I just wanted to, you know, go backstage because, like, when you're playing at a festival, you get a backstage pass, obviously, because you yeah. gotta be backstage to go on. So right. I, I wanted to, like, you know, watch the show mm-hmm. because and just get a lesson from like Derek just watching him. Yeah, like, I just yeah. wanted to go up there and just, you know, just be like, oh my god. But right. then I was in the dining hall for the musicians, and I think his manager came up to me and was like, uh. They want to know if you want to play whatever song we played. I I can't even remember what song we played, but they were like, I believe it was, it was Statesboro. Oh, it was Blues. Statesboro. Like, Statesboro. Yep. Yeah. They were like, do you want to play that? I was like, um, yes, please. Is that even a question? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it was crazy. Like the the what happened? Like, I couldn't even believe it. I really couldn't believe it. So it was like a last minute thing. So you didn't even really know like going in and then they were just no, like, some, it was like a couple hours before. Like, sometimes I don't know until I get there that I'm sitting in with somebody. Sometimes they just call me up and they didn't even tell me that I'm sitting in. And I just happen to have my guitar next to me. So I'm like, okay. And uh, like that's that happens. Sometimes I don't even know the song until I get up there and I just, you know, figure it out. It's that's the whole sit-in experience is different every single time. That's why I love it. And it really depends on who you're playing with, uh, how how it's going to go. And like, because some people will tell me like a month in advance, hey, we're playing at this club in New York. We want you to come and sit in and they'll give me the they'll give me the song. And then some people will be like, show up tonight. Like they'll show me they'll text me the day of the gig. Show right. up tonight, you know, come hang. And like, I'll bring my guitar anyway. And if they ask me to like sit in, I'll take it out of the car. But like, I'm just going to hang and just have a good time with like my friends who are musicians i'm not i'm not going specifically to sit in but if they ask me i'm always ready and um sometimes i'll just be there and they'll just hand me a guitar on stage i'll just go and play a song i've never heard it's it's really a beautiful thing how you know with art and music like it's so unpredictable and i like it that way you know it keeps me on my toes and it keeps my musicianship sharp when i can you know go up and not know the song and be able to be able to play it yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, you can just read the situation and read what's going on and just hear and just, just kind of jam. I mean, that's what you do in your room, right? You're like putting on albums and just and playing or what's kind of a general practice routine for you, Taz? Practice routine, it really changes. Um, maybe I'll, I'll today I'll be like, I want to learn how to play or I want to play melodically. I want to do this. I want to play faster, which I usually don't do that, but like try to play faster i I usually practice like right now i'm trying to learn how to play jazz really good that's like mm-hmm. my that was like my quarantine goal and i've sort of I'm, I'm definitely more comfortable with it but i'll never be satisfied so i gotta keep going and um i'm definitely not there yet to where i can that's kind of know. the deal with jazz right you're never really totally satisfied so you just keep doing it and keep trying it and keep yet. trying it I can't like I want to be able to play giant steps at blazing speed by the time I die. And if you don't know what giant steps is to anyone who's watching, it's like the hardest song to play. Like <laughs> it's like known as like it's a rite of passage to be able to play over like these changes. Like it's in like it's it has three key centers, which means 
everything's going. You got to really know what you're doing. And I can't do that yet. And I'm, I'm not afraid to say that because, you know, it's all about learning at the end of the day. And I'm, yeah. I'm just going to, you know, keep climbing that mountain until I get there and then pass it and go on to the next hardest thing I can do. And uh, there you go. I got my records right over here. When I'm in my free time, sometimes I'll pop those in my record player I got for Christmas. Yeah. I actually went and, um, I actually went and bought records today right before I came on here. Oh, what'd you buy? What'd you buy, dude? I bought uh I bought a Larry Carlton record called Friends. <laughs> nice. I, I don't know what that is, but I'm gonna pop it in right after this and listen to it. Maybe you've heard of Larry Carlton? It. Yeah, yeah, I know Larry Carlton. Yeah, he That's grew why I he actually it. he lived when I was growing up and I was like your age, that was his, like I grew up in the valley in LA and he was in that area too. He's kind of home, mm-hmm. I believe, and anyone correct me if I'm wrong, like his home guitar store was Valley Arts Guitar on Ventura Boulevard, wow. kind of like right near where I lived. And grew up, yeah, yeah. That's I was like, awesome. I grew up in like Steely Dan neighborhood. Yeah, I've can I've uh, transcribed his solos a lot, mm-hmm. and um, you know, done that thing. But do you do you also, do you do you do those in notation and just or do you just kind of no? Do it by I just memory? I, I do it by ear. Yeah. I think that's I think. No, I mean, doing do, you, what, by, do you do it by ear and then write it down in notation, or do you just remember it? No, I just I just try to remember it, and if yeah. I don't remember, I just go back to the spot in the song. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. How old were you when you first played Eruption? First played Eruption? I've never played, I mean, the whole song, like, I've never played the whole, I don't know the whole song. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, and I told I you I wouldn't put you on the, the spot, song. dude. It's okay. I got, listen, listen, you, you're getting in the nitty gritty here. The people want to know. I don't know the full song. I really should learn it. Now that he's passed, I really should learn the whole thing. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I wouldn't even have mentioned it had, had it not been a year when he, when we lost you know, great Eddie, Eddie man, Eddie man. Rest Eddie peace, lived but. up the road. Eddie lived like less than a mile from where I grew up in the valley. Like I was in this, wow. you know, I grew up in LA, so there were a bunch of guitar heroes and stuff out there. Yep. Oh, I know, what I a mean, legend. I know, I, I like the tapping. I, Taz, I wouldn't have put I, you on the spot with the with the eruption had it not had Eddie was just on you're my cool. mind. No, I put me on the spot. You could put me on the spot. I'm cool. You know, I I know the I know the tapping part at the end. The <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the whole song. And the like he, but like if you. If you're a guitarist, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. part. I don't know anything of it before, but I can't do it nearly as clean or as fast as he can. Yeah, or well, he the, could. The Eddie, the, the, God the, rest the, his soul. The tapping, pull on, pull off, pull on, whatever that's called. The, the Eddie yeah, the Van, tapping, Van Halen the tapping. Style. Everyone's got to know mean, that. I mean, he pioneered like a lot of stuff and invented a lot of things as well. Um, that you know, and revolutionized the instrument uh, in ways that you know people like Jimi Hendrix did that too. Um, which is why everyone knows who they are more yes. specific, more than like a lot of the jazz guys who may be technically better or technically more sound maybe, but not like they didn't influence as many people. Yeah. And when I look at you playing and you know, you're, you can fucking shred and you have ever, you know, people are telling you this and, and you've got the speed, but what I, I'll just like, listen to you play like, okay, let's take the Statesboro thing. I gave that a listen earlier earlier today or yesterday and i'm like oh i i love where you where you ended up with this and i loved your musical ideas during that lead and i think Thank that's you, that's kind of the secret sauce is just seeing where you want to go but getting there in kind of a in, in a really unique way that is your own voice yeah um thank you so much as a that's the biggest compliment you could ever give um the You're thing welcome. about music and art is like, and the reason why 
as I was saying, like Eddie and Jimmy are like so famous and like people want to be them is because, you know, they, there's no rules when it comes to art. So it's like it's all up to interpretation. So those two, uh, Jimmy and Eddie really had their own voices. And that's my goal. But when I die, you know, I want everyone to be able to turn on the radio or turn on their music or and know, you know, that's Brandon playing the guitar. Yeah. You know, that's like the that's every good that should be every guitarist goal in my mind, you know, to make your own voice and um and like have your own things that you do. So I try not to copy other guitars as much as possible. You know, I transcribe solos for like theory purposes, but mm-hmm. uh when it comes to like tone and things, like I just try to, you know, be myself. So for that compliment, thank you so much. Oh, um, you're welcome, Taz, man. You, you deserve it, dude. I mean, come on. I, I just, you know, I just, I, Derek Trucks is somebody who every, literally everyone in the guitar community respects because yeah. he's one of the tone gods. Like we all know, like we all know oh, yeah. this, like he is, I, I mean, so, so good. Like the, the his cadences, the way he speaks through his guitar, it sounds like a 60 year old black woman singing. Like <laughs> it, it can't get better than that. Like. It, it it really sounds amazing. So, you know, just to be on stage with him, I was, you know, trying my best. How do you, what do you do in your head that allows you to have your own voice with so many influences out there? Uh, I mean, in my head, it's really just, I, I just play like I'm playing in my room. You mm-hmm. know? I'm just, I just, there's really no specific answer to that, but to, to help myself not sound like other people, I don't listen to guitar music on my free time. Like when I'm driving up the road, I'm listening to rap, yeah, or R and B. I'm listening to D'Angelo or like something like that. I don't really listen to rock really, like like I used to, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not trying to sound like other guitarists, but also I like other music too. Because if you can draw things from other genres that attract, that like maybe, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people who are you know of old age hate drake but he sings a lot of really good melodies <laughs> and maybe you can age. use it. i like how maybe, you paused before you came up with that descriptor i just i don't know it's just like a lot people my age love drake and i mean it's because he he has really good melodies so if you like those melodies interpret them in your own way on your instrument it's like it's, yeah it's, i i should listen to i i should listen to more of that um but again just more you i'm know, not a professional Drake. musician so i don't have to worry about picking shit up that i don't want to pick up yeah that's true but i mean there's there's always also like i also listen to r&b and hip-hop and rap because i like it like yeah i, I listen to all music literally all music and like even country which a lot of people like to crap on but it's a it's a great genre oh, no, yeah it's a really good songwriting and oh, yeah. probably the best songwriters come from country. Yeah, and you're not going to get that 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 here. I mean, I, I love I love good good like a uh, real real country, you know. Yeah. That's um, probably the best, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, talking about influences, um let's talk about Colonel Bruce Hampton for a moment. Um you were at that last show of his. What kind of impact does that did that have on you? What what impact did he have on your life first, let's say? Uh, the only thing I can say is like uh if anyone doesn't understand the connection that I had with this man, it's like he believed in me more than anyone else before I believed in myself. So it's like mm. to see that and like to live in that moment when I was, you know, 12, 13, it's like it's really hard to talk about not only, but it's also like it's it's honestly just 
I, I can't even like put it in words like how it affected me. Mm. Uh, my family saw it. Like my family, so my family was there with me. My mom and my dad. My brother was there in spirit. He, he, you know, he's a, he was at home, but I mean, he saw me cry afterwards, and for the next, you know, couple of days and or like weeks, months, years. Right. Like I'm still, I'm still recovering. I'll never fully recover from. You yeah, know, what we're talking what, about what is the last the show in 2017 where that was a tribute to his 70th birthday and um, Colonel Bruce Hampton, legendary. Uh, musician guitar player passed on stage <laughs> during that show yeah. and he, he introduced me to so many musicians he taught me so much about playing with other people he flew me out to venues to play with him he anytime he was in new york i was playing with him he you know he he influenced so many other musicians too mm -hmm. like uh, this man really influenced a lot of people and made a lot of people happy and made a lot of people's careers and people don't understand that and like you know he him and my dad were chilling like him my, my he loved my dad he loved my mom he was chilling with my mom like he would sit me down at dinner like we'd have dinner we filmed a movie together like we had mm -hmm. all this these past experiences in the like i only knew him for like four or five years but like i i it felt like a lifetime and but a short lifetime, of course. And then, yeah. I mean, that day, you know, he fell on stage and during the encore. And, you know, it, it was just on, wow. he fell yeah. onto my leg. And uh, we thought it was a joke because if you didn't know him, he's like a, you know, he's like a psychic, like crazy in a good way. Like if you know, right. if you know, if you knew him, like he would crack jokes all the time. <laughs> and we thought it was a joke and it wasn't. And it was really, really scary. And yeah, uh, I'll so never sorry. get that vision. I'm, I'm like, wow. It's just, I'll never get that vision out of my head. And I've, I've accepted that, but I'm just trying to grow from it and understand that, you know, it's the sorry best way he could have went sorry out. Sorry to bring it up. No, Seth, it's but cool. I, like, I know that, I, you I, have a, that you had a profound relationship with him and that he was a mentor to so many, including you. So I, I kind of wanted to get your, um, you know, I wanted no, I appreciate to hear you from for you bringing how it up. he influenced yeah. you. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, you can, I mean, I, anyone can bring it up to me and I'll, I'll answer the question. It's just, you know, it's just a hard thing to talk about, obviously, because, yeah. you know, I I was so young too, like, and I still am. I'm still coping with the emotions and learning it from, from it every day. I have a picture of him on my wall over here. You can't see it because I got this divider up, but mm -hmm. I, it, he's just, he influenced so many people and he really just took the time more than, more so than most other people in, in my life. Yeah. Not, not it, also including my fam, like my extended family. Like he took, he was really family. Like actually, like, so it was, it was just a hard thing. And you know, everyone in that venue who was there is now family to me because we all share that experience, including, yeah, so including the crowd. Like anytime anyone comes up to me, it was like I was there. Immediate hug. Immediate like, let's talk about it for thirty minutes. Like. Let's, it's it's just it was a crazy crazy experience but i'm really lucky to have been there because i wouldn't trade it for the world to be there on his last moments because you know i loved i loved him like uh like anyone loves anyone like i i just wouldn't trade it like i'm so thankful i was there because a lot of people a lot of musicians missed missed the concert like couldn't get there yeah so like uh for maybe they were playing another gig or something or right. maybe they just couldn't make it because they were with family or doing something or doing an event 
but I was, you know, like I took a show off, I think, from School of Rock to be there, to be there for a 70th birthday party, like bash at, um, I think it was at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. I'm just super lucky to have been there and to, you know, seen him and been with him on his final day. Yeah, it's like incredibly profound. Uh, but also it's occurred, like, like on stage, like where else yeah. would it, like you think he like wrote you it. want people to like, if you could say, could I choose a time when I go? Like, would it be doing what you love with, with the people that, that love you and that you love surrounding you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he wrote, I, I'm pretty sure he like wrote it down somewhere that he was going to like die on stage. It was something like that. Like he knew, he knew it was, I, looking Absolutely back at it, really. he knew he was going to, you know, he was going to pass that day. I get looking back at it. I know now. And like, that's what everyone says. It was there. And yeah, I don't know how that it's is. Just, it's so bizarre, man. It, it was a horrific experience, of course, but also like it's the greatest experience because like he 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 wanted to go out that way, and there's no other. That's the most Colonel Bruce thing that could ever happen to Colonel Bruce in his <laughs> life. So I'm just you know it's just it's a great it was a it was a really bittersweet it was a great and horrible thing, but at the same I can't even like put it in words like it's crazy yeah. that that happened, but it was the right way for him to go, obviously. My, um, to be on stage. Yeah. My uncle, who was not always in the best health, he was in like early 60s. Um, we had met him for like Thanksgiving in 2011. And um, <clears throat> around with my family, my sister, my kids, her kids, whole family, said goodbye to him on the Sunday of Thanksgiving, He, you know, up in the Bay Area. And I was coming back home. So he said goodbye to the whole family and everything. Just like, hey, this is a fun weekend and everything. Went back to his hotel that night, did not wake up. It's crazy, man. I'm I mean, so shit like that fucking... He, like, I'm like, did he know it's that life, was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, like, what? It's it's honestly like... it's. I never forget it so either in weird. the same way that you say you're not going to forget. I mean, it's um, it's like... A, it's, it's Not it's, that people forget I mean, when that happens, but it's yeah, like but, that kind of meaningful... That, that prof profoundness of, of that scenario. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, it's... Pretty much like it's always burned into my mind. I don't have the best memory. Like people know that who know me, but like I remember every single day, every single moment of that day. I remember when they, you know, dragged him backstage and did things that I'm not going to repeat because they're too um, graphic. But yeah. they like it's just it, I. It's crazy how you know these experiences of like you know love and loss just bring right. us together as humans, and it's like life. In that moment, I knew, like, huh, no one's invincible. Uh, I'm going to die at some point. But I might as well just live life how I want to in the safest and best way possible so that I can, you know, go out proud like he did. Yeah. Which is kinda, yeah. It's kind of... So I mean, he mentored you like both a, in life and in his own passing, just, in a way. Yeah. I mean... And I was like 12. Like people don't understand that I was either 12 or 14. I don't know, 13. Hard lesson, man. Early, early teens. Like it's pretty hard to go. I mean, I'm, people go through worse things, of course. Like people lose fathers um, at young ages and stuff. Yeah. So I'm not going to say like, I'm, I'm not just going to say like it's a pity party. Like, you know, obviously, but it's just, you know, it doesn't take away the fact that like, you know, this whole thing, it taught me a lot. And, it's just something that I've, you know, went through and I'm going to have to live with. Yeah. Wow. Um, so much is going on with race in this country. You're a black kid. 
in this country. Yeah. What is that? What does that mean to you? And how are you kind of grappling with those? So many of these difficult issues that you face um, uh, in in today's world, and also uh, kind of given your uh, position as a performer. Um, I'm really lucky to live in a town where there's not much racism. It's not totally equal. Like, there's not that many black kids where I live. Like, there's way more white people, but there's I. They treat me like n normal. Like I've there's no they they see no color in my town. Mm -hmm. So I've always lived in equality. So to I'm learn about to inequality, that. to learn about inequality at a young age, at probably eight or nine, you know, when I was like third or fourth grade, was like, what is that? Like that, mm. and I see my little cousins doing that. I see my uh, my little cousins who are like, you know, eight, nine, ten, being like, what's happening? Like, what do you mean they don't treat each other? You know, do the they live out in Huntington too? Yeah, well, they live like a town over too. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, they're right also there. in a really good neighborhood, and I mean. My my mom though she's from a really a bad place um in St Lucia she came up you know she 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 was a she immigrated uh at at a young age and she's seen really tough stuff she's from where she's from St Lucia oh St Lucia okay. in the uh -huh. in the in the Caribbean and um, uh -huh. she's seen really tough stuff mm. and to just to see you know all the inequality in the world is it's really tough and. Yeah. Uh, all I can do is, you know, play music, which brings everyone together. Right. Art brings everyone together. So that's just whenever, you know, I see, whenever I see, you know, things happen in the world, like obviously the passing of George Floyd and stuff, I just want to help unify the world in any way I can, which I <laughs> mean, it's go. harder said than done, but like, there you go. You know, hopefully, hopefully I, we can teach as musicians, you know, as musicians, we really have power over everyone else when it comes to, like music is the thing that brings everyone together. Like it's universal yeah. language, all that stuff. So uh, we really have the power to, you know, make the world a better place. But growing up as a black kid, it's like, you know, obviously there's people who don't like me for no, for just my skin. <laughs> so I, I can't do anything about it. They're not going to change their mind. And if they do, that's great. And if not, you know, I'll just go on. It's not really, there's not really much I can do about it as a seven or as an 18 year old, but I've seen, I've, I've gone on tour and, and seen, sorry to interrupt you. I've, no, I've no, seen, no, no, you know, no. like I've seen like, you, <laughs> you know, the flags talking, and stuff. I feel bad, <laughs> but like I see, you know, I've gone on tour like in the deep South and like in pretty, you know, sketchy areas. But at the same time, I know, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm being kept safe by my parents and by my bandmates who are my brothers and uh i always feel I, I don't think i've ever felt unsafe at one point in my life when it comes to that stuff so i'm really lucky but i i just hope that you know the world comes together at some point yeah absolutely uh good answer i'm glad that that you you feel is, is as safe as possible and i'm really sorry if people are judging you by the color of your skin which i think is completely ridiculous and fucked up I'm 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 just lucky to have never I've never experienced that like head on like I've never had like a racist teacher mm -hmm. I don't think I don't I don't, I've not, well I'm not I haven't seen it uh I I don't I've never had like a person be racist to me like face to face in in person like obviously you get the occasional comments but like that's what you expect when you sign up for the game 
when you sign up for Instagram, like that's going to happen. So I just accept that and move on. But like, I, I'm lucky to not you get have an occasional really... comment on there. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking horrible, it, it, man. it happens, right. but like I, it, I signed up for the game. Like what, what do you expect? Like there's no, the game you signed perfect. up to be on Instagram. You didn't sign up that. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's, it, it is what it is. I just try not to let it get to my head. Yeah. That's good. It has it. So I just yeah. live and I just, I just appreciate the people who give me, uh, good comments and stuff. So, yeah. What do you feel is like as a black kid, your relationship and you're playing rock, which is based on blues, which has a deep history in the African American world here in this country. How do you feel? Uh, wh- how do you, wh- what is your relationship to those pioneers and legends of the American blues tradition? Yeah. Uh, the the whole american blues tradition obviously came out of slavery right so it came out of a place of pain um so to play blues in 2021 without emotion means you're not playing blues mm. in my or opinion or any time not only just in 2020 or any time yeah so i mean whether it's joy pain happiness confusion you have mm. to be playing to play blues and to really convey something to the audience you really have to play with 100 percent emotion 100 yeah. percent of the time you can't cheat it you can't go around yeah. blues that's why um you know bb king was so good it's because when you heard him like he is playing with 100 percent emotion. he is like the equivalent uh, or the equivalent of like russell westbrook dunking as hard as he can <laughs> the whole game running yeah. up the court <laughs> the whole time carrying that audience like yeah and dr that's what J you have before to do. him and daryl literally i mean will like Wilt. that is bb king like right those the dirty scrappy player that everyone loves because he's just so good like, yeah you can't dunk without emotion you can't bend a note on guitar bending a note by definition is an emotional act right yeah you, it's like you got to put you got to put that energy in you just got to have that energy and i look up to bb king for that reason because he's mm. just uh, and i got to meet him which was insane before, like right before he passed um but i got i also got to see his show and right before he passed in las vegas mm. at a festival i was performing at and uh, i'll never forget that because even you know i don't i don't know how old he was i think he was about 80 80 something at the time mm-hmm. and emotion you could feel his pain you could feel his you you could just feel his emotion and that's that's what you got to do when you play the blues and i just try my hardest to you know be a 100th of what he was when i whenever i play a blues song or i try to try my best to even be a little tiny little fraction well you do uh, man. what the greats are you're there. You're not just a tiny fraction. You're a big part of it, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but that's just, my, you know, that's just my opinion, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, what about Buddy Guy? Did you come out here and play with him? I've played with Buddy Guy once. Are you in Chicago? I am. Are you in Ch- okay. I've played with Buddy Guy. I've been to Legends. Mm-hmm. I have played with Buddy Guy one time. It's really funny how it happened. He was walking through the audience as he does pretty much mm-hmm. every show with his wireless rig. Yeah, I've been to that show a couple times. In fact, Legends is right up the street from where I live. Yep. This was actually at the theater at Madison Square Garden, which isn't ah. Madison Square Garden, but it's like a thousand five hundred yeah uh-huh. uh, arena like under Madison Square Garden, yep. I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Next yeah. to it. And uh he was opening for Jeff Beck. 
<laughs> and which was this insane tour that happened like four years ago. I hope they do it again. And I, it was after a school rock show. It was a Saturday night. And I was like, dad, can I please go to this show? Can we please go? <laughs> and he was like, yes, we're going to the show. What are you talking about? Because like school of, school of rock was only like one subway stop or like 10 or 12 blocks north. It was at the winter garden, right? Of Yeah, at the winter garden, which is mm-hmm. not that far from Penn Station. No. So we we went. And I was in the audience, and he comes around, like, playing his guitar. And he, like, buddy guy saw me in the audience, this little, like, 12-year-old kid, and, like, touched my hand and, like, brought it towards the guitar to, like, make it like I was playing it. And I was, like, <laughs> no I kidding. Did he know you were a player? No, he no, you? he didn't. And, and, oh, I, and I went in his ear. I was like, I can play. And he was like, really? <laughs> and he was like, come up on the stage in 10 minutes. I was like, I bet. Like, cool. Oh, and no. then And then he calls me up. He's like, where's that kid who said he played guitar? Or some, something like that. And I came up and I played with him. And uh, there's videos of that online. And that was a crazy night. I couldn't believe it. My dad was like, holy crow, like what? <laughs> and um, I got to meet him Do you remember what you, what you played? Did you just jam with him or? I think we played just a, like a slow blues or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly. But uh, <laughs> wow. nevertheless, I remember the experience. And I remember being on stage with him. And I remember uh, like everything else about it. Like it, it was, it was. It was crazy. That's nuts, man. Once again, I'm just I'm just super blessed, man. Yeah, dude. I want to hear all these stories, man. What about Warren? Um I played with Warren Haynes on Jam Cruise when I was this is before anyone knew who I was. <laughs> uh I was probably ten or eleven, and I was on Jam Cruise number twelve. This was probably I don't even know what year this was, but uh Warren was supposed to play on like the island that this cruise pulled up to mm. which is like the Bahamas or something. It yeah. was like a music cruise by the way. Jam Cruise is like a really Yeah, good yeah, music yeah, cruise. yeah, I've heard of it. I was surprised when I, I read that you were on Jam Cruise. I was like wow, they, they you were they let you on Jam yeah. Cruise. Okay. Yeah, they let me they let me go as like a 11-year-old. This wasn't I wasn't like an artist or anything. I just went to see music with my dad. Oh, okay. And I brought my guitar. I don't know why I brought it, but I always bring it everywhere. So, that's right one on. thing you know about me. Um some why well that doesn't shock me for some reason. <laughs> And I was I was like eleven, and I believe George Porter Jr., who was the basis for the Meters, who I think was my first sit-in ever. Um, he told Warren, I think, that I could play guitar, and then they brought. I think he brought me on stage at at the uh, wherever he was playing on the cruise, mm-hmm. and I got to play. I think I played Soulshine with him, if I'm not mistaken. Nice and. Nice. Uh, that was an insane experience that I'll never forget. There because, you go. Uh, George Porter Jr., which is like one of the greatest bass players of all time, if not the greatest, the funkiest the bass funkiest, player of all time. Yeah. Funkiest, 100%. One of the greatest for sure. Uh, like, kind of is the reason why that all happened. So I'm just, you know, super indebted to him for that. And, yeah, um, for sure. I, for sure. I, George Porter is also like, what, like I said, one of the first sit-ins I've ever had, if not the first. Uh, it was at Tipitina's in New Orleans. I'm going back to New Orleans right now in like tw- twelve hours, literally. Oh, what are you doing but, down there? My daughter goes. My the my, eight, my she's just like a year older than you. She just finished her freshman year at Tulane. Tulane. I know some Tulane people. I know somebody who just graduated. Yeah. So I couldn't. Um, 
I haven't spent a lot of time in New Orleans, but I couldn't go down and visit her last year, right? Because of COVID. But I'm yeah. looking forward to going to all the venues down there. Can't wait to go to Pres- Preservation Hall and to Preservation Pinos. Hall. Go to Frenchman Street. Uh, that's where all the great places are. I know all the people who play over there. Yeah, I can't so, wait to go there. Wait, your daughter uh, goes to Tulane. Wait, your daughter goes to Tulane. Yep. Are you like worried that she's like partying her ass off like every day? <laughs> worried? I think I've already like, accepted that as a fact of life. You've dude. Accepted that? <laughs> yeah. Like Tulane. I heard some things about Tulane, man. I bet that Tell school me. is crazy. Well, yeah, that's where we're gonna have a talk after this. Uh, after this interview, we're <laughs> gonna have a talk. <laughs> i got you man but yeah uh new orleans like the greatest music city of all time it's up there so i, I love it yeah for sure i love preservation hall i love ben jaffe yep and i love all those cats I, they they came to uh they came they were in chicago late 2019 at thalia hall got to go backstage after the the show go into the green room and hang out with them for a little bit that was such an amazing experience to be able to chat with them afterwards. It was really cool. It was really cool. A uh, couple other guys. Okay, I'm going to geek out. Uh, you're going to let me geek out here for a second? Cool, I got you. I got you. Uh, G- Gary Clark Jr. and how about Carl Denson? Uh, Gary Clark Jr., the first time I played with him was at Summer Stage, I think, in New York City. Uh, I can't believe I remember this. I don't know why he brought me up. I don't <laughs> think he knew who I was. Uh, no one knew who I was at that point. How old but were you then? Prob I I have no idea. 11, 10. Yeah. Um t- 11 probably. I don't know why these people bring me up, but like Oh, come on. Man. I just yeah, got I super I know I really don't. I really don't, but like uh, he I'm just super grateful, man. Uh you gave me a really good opportunity and um I tried my best to take it take complete advantage of it and just, you know, just play mm. in front of 3,000 people and just play my guitar like i do wow. in, my, in my bedroom he gave me a pedal too that night which i still have and um oh, that's awesome did derek give you a slide i have f- four derek slides no, no i have three <laughs> one i gave away and they were all from all my brother shows that i went to oh nice when i was literally seven eight nine oh I got four i got four Derek slides were you like down front and he was like because they always yeah find yeah the kid, yeah they always find the kid down I, front and i'm like oh i shit, always I, that I always get to the front at i used to always get to the front of shows oh, right on right on. even even the rail riders who if you don't know like like rail riders at shows the people who are always in the front are like oh yeah so I'm stingy familiar. like they don't I'm, let you they I'm don't let you get up the, there yeah 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 but, but like they saw this little you know four foot nothing kid and they're like <laughs> oh like he should be able to see and I would always stand right in front of him, and then you know he gave me, he tossed me a couple slides. I gave one away to my uh, my sister Lara, uh, who's basically my sister, not blood related, but the closest thing to it. So she nice. got one, and then nice. um, she used to go to the shows with me as well. And um, the others are in the room next to this, which I haven't. I should go look at those right now. I haven't seen them in like years. All right, when but, we're done, you go do that. Yeah. But uh, it was great. When we're done, you got to grab me one, and uh, you got to go grab one and show it to me. <laughs> I got. I, I will. I'll do that. I'll go grab them. <laughs> that of the two lane bullet bullet points. I need the two lane bullet points. <laughs> the two lane. That's uh, man. I I don't know. I got friends going there, man. I I, I heard it's crazy. I yeah. Know, I'm, oh yeah. I'm sure it is. I'm it's sure insane. it is. Mardi Gras. Mardi yeah, they Gras. haven't really experienced that full 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 bore yet. So you know, next yeah, that's year probably. Oh my god. Marty Gr- and, and, but the there's time. Halloween there's Halloween coming up and my morning jacket's playing down in uh, Halloween in New Orleans this oh year. Oh my god. When Mardi Gras and Halloween weekend come back, 
oh my god <laughs> new orleans is gonna new orleans is not gonna know what to do with itself yeah i know right so tell me a little bit tell me about your old your your um your own band and um who you generally play with and who are those guys how'd you meet them and uh what what are your uh what are your plans okay so i have my own band it's my name um i play with matt godfrey who introduced me to the other two band members mm-hmm. and he was my guitar he was one of my guitar teachers uh, the main guitar teacher that I ever had. I had a couple, but he was the main one. Mm-hmm. And um, he helped me a lot through uh, my guitar learning stuff and also in like life stuff. And um, he, I was hired to do a gig in Canada, but they wanted adult musicians. They didn't want kid musicians. So I was like, do you know any? He was like, yeah. So he ripped some out of his old band that he had. And, um, we i basically took them to canada uh and we flew out and did this gig and they were like oh my and i think it was i think it was at harvest fest which is in new brunswick canada and they were like oh my god Mm -hmm. yeah they were like oh my we were like oh my god this is so fun can we please play another gig so my dad booked one at the iridium in york city and then we were like oh my god we gotta book another one and then oh my god we gotta book another one and then eventually i don't know how it happened but we got a booking agent named cj who is literally the greatest of all time at what he does uh never fails to amaze me with the bookings that he gets me Mm -hmm. and then for and then from there it's history so we're just we're like four or five years now just um who were your other guys Roland. besides Matt? Oh, sorry. Um, Kendall Lentz on the drums, best mm-hmm. beard in the game. And uh, <laughs> we got we got Mr. Matt Fox on the bass, who's right, holding right. it down back there. Yeah, you guys are tight. I watched the jam in the van from, uh, was yeah. that from Nam last year? That was from Nam. Nam is literally the greatest thing ever. So, you know, you were 17 when he went to... Um, when you were at NAM, for example, and it just kind of like I thought about the you're you're at a convention, and uh, not to mention you're up on stage and you you're recognized, but you're going around NAM, and you know you're a recognizable figure, like and you're young, like what what kind of impact does that have on you to be recognized? Uh, anyone who ever takes you know any second to yeah know who I am or listen to something I've done, I I just I feel so blessed, so I always just make sure that I take the time to meet them, and you know learn who they are i try to sometimes it's hard at nam because you know everything moves so fast mm. but in general i just I, i've enjoyed recently doing a new thing where i you know kick it with the fans at shows where mm. you know afterwards uh i'm you know kicking it with them learning who they are like who they came with maybe i'll go on my dms and respond to some dms but i mean it's hard when there's a lot a lot of people but i always just try to make sure to make sure that uh that I'm giving them their time because, you know, they gave me their time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love your commitment to live music and, you know, you, it's, it's, it is the universal language. It is the one way that we can all communicate together, uh, in this country, internationally, everywhere. Um, that's why I'm doing what I do. Uh, and that's why you do what you do. And it's, um, it's amazing, man. It's in, and what you're doing and, and, um, uh, not only you're playing, I mean, I, I've said it many times during the course of this, uh, during our chat, I'd love your playing. Uh, you fucking blow me away when you're up on stage, you. dude, you fucking blow me away. I don't know if I've said Thank that you. enough during this interview, but, uh, um, 
And these collaborations and just your commitment to playing live and making all this happen with so many different artists. I mean, you could have said, you could say, no, you It's like, it's not, you're not like obligated to play with these guys. It's, you know, you want to do that. I love that vibe, man. I love that vibe. Just it's, it's just like, uh, it's the greatest feeling in the world. So it's not like, I, it's not like I, I'd have even have to choose. It's like, yes, obviously. Yeah. Like I, I just, I get to, you know, go on flights every, like the heart, the hardest thing in my life right now is like, oh my God, I got to wake up at 5am to get on a flight tomorrow. Like, yeah, <laughs> could be a lot worse than that. Yeah. I so, hope that's the hardest thing in your life, dude. It's right now it is. So it's like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, I, I'm, I have the greatest life. Oh. You know, I've been gifted the greatest life ever. I have the greatest parents, the greatest brother of all time. So, well, you do clearly have your feet on the ground. I was going to ask you, how do you keep your feet on the ground? But how do you I keep your feet on? <laughs> like, I was going to say, I like, my, it's yeah. like, I think it's evident after this whole conversation that you're just you're grounded and you're grateful and you love what you do. But like, in your words, like how um, how do you keep your feet on the ground and stay grounded? Well, I I know there's. There's literally millions of guitarists who deserve what I do as much as I do. So I, and I'm just lucky enough to be doing it. So, but also like if I ever even came with a different attitude home or to a family dinner or to like a Christmas party, like if I came in different with a different energy, I get slapped. They'd be like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, stop it. So it's like, I just have a really normal life. Like, like at home, like really normal. And I yeah. think that's why, cause like I have normal friends, normal parents. I don't have yeah. showbiz, like BS parents. Like they're not like, Oh my God. Like nah, 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 nah. they're like chill parents, cool parents. Yeah. Um, and you know, they just make sure that I'm cool. And that's great. That's I, I great. just have great influences in my life. Like, uh, I have great role models and great role models who are musicians as well. Right. But also, I've met musicians who were really good, but were terrible hangs, or meaning like not like the like the best people to hang out with. Like they're kind of uh, like not really great personalities. Like we're just stuck up. And like I, when I was eight, I'd like ask for an autograph, and they'd be like, "No," and I'm like, right. "That felt terrible." Yeah, so I just really. try not to do that. Like, who? and you still remember that, right? Yeah, I I remember I remember that more than the ones the times that I got the autograph. So it's like <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. like, wow, like I know so exactly lesson, who it was. Yeah. So that kind of stuck with you, right? Yeah, I just want to be like I just want to be grateful. Like why? Like why? Cuz like I don't know. I just feel like being arrogant is like putting on an act. Like I don't know. I just don't want to be that. I just want to be That's awesome. I'm not, and I know that again, like there's many guitarists who deserve this as much as me. So yeah. I'm just going to work as hard as I can and just try to be normal. Well, I think that you've achieved that, man. You've achieved that. Oh, thank you. Thus far, as far tried. as I can, as far as I can tell, it certainly feels like that. And from what I know about you and from what others say about you, I think that's a, a mission accomplished thus far. Although you are young, you still don't go to the bad. Don't go bad. Don't 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 thank go you, bad. I'm a, it's not a, it's not the finish line yet. You know, <laughs> not so. even close, man. Yeah, but yeah. as much as I want to hang with you and say hi next time, I'm I'm you know we're in town. I also want to see your dad and shake his hand. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, when we're in Chicago, I think we're coming to Illinois soon. I don't know how close we are, but to Chicago soon. Yeah. You can probably look on my website. But like, if you're ever near us, just ask. 
Right on. Like, just come to come out to a show and like let's let's kick it, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks so much. Or you know, I I, I travel a bunch though, you know. So uh, yeah, I'd love yeah. to say hi sometime. And um, for sure. thanks so much for being here, Taz. Man, this was a this was a pleasure, uh, an honor for me to have you on my show, so that I could tell you in person just how much I love your playing and I love Thank you, um, that you're just so fucking grounded and just a. You're a great kid, and um, congratulations on uh, on upcoming graduation. That's awesome. Hey, thank you, man, and thanks to anyone who listened this far. Uh, I love you. <laughs> you don't um, sound too. There's, I, I hope there's tons of people that are still. Thank that are you. Still I, I mean, I hope so, but like, you never know. So, if you're listening right now, I love you, and um, uh, thank you so much for listening, and thanks to Roadcase Josh for making this all happen and being <laughs> seamless. With the with the emails and um, yeah, good. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for bringing me on your stage and letting me talk because I love to talk. So, <sighs> yes, as you I can see, no- I have <laughs> noticed that's that's always I an asset and a guest. I love guests that can talk. I love to talk. So yeah. it didn't always used to be that way, but thanks for you know the good questions and pressing me a little bit. So, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Thanks to everyone listening to this. All right, Taz. Thanks again, man. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Okay, that was Taz Niederauer. Really loved that interview. So much fun to chat with him. Uh, For sure the youngest guest I've had so far. Great student. He's headed off to college in the fall. Uh, How he balances everything, I have no idea, but he's certainly committed. I love, uh, you know, his favorite subject, history. Why? Uh, Because that's the easiest that he could, uh, easiest subject to study on the road. But So much fun to talk to him about all the amazing figures in rock that he has been on stage with. If you have a chance, go and listen to Tedeschi Trucks at the 420 Festival with Taz. Uh, They do an amazing version of Statesboro Blues. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, His Buddy Guy story was amazing. He whispers in Buddy's ear that he can play. Buddy has him back up on stage, and they jam. uh, They do some blues jam. That's just amazing. And of course, um, the story of Colonel Bruce Hampton uh, is always heartbreaking and poignant. Um, If you haven't read a lot about this story, uh, I suggest that you do so. Um, It was was heart-wrenching what occurred. But Everyone said it was so appropriate that he went out that way and Taz was there. And uh, what a lifelong impression uh, that man made on Taz and um, that that occurred. I'm so sorry that that happened. And to hear it straight from Taz was um, made a huge impression on me and I'm sure everyone else. Um, Thanks again for joining me for this episode with Taz. um, And uh, thanks again to... Brandon Niederauer, Taz, for being here uh, on this episode of Road Case. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Roadcase Pod. 
And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And if you are able to and like to support Roadcase, we have a Patreon site at patreon.com slash roadcasepod. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. <laughs> <laughs>